Welcome back to Hoops HD, everybody. It is Monday, March 13th. It is the day after Selection Sunday. Uh, the field was revealed yesterday. We've got a lot to get to tonight. Full panel. I'm your host, Chad Sherwood, joined by David Dorman, David Griggs up top here, John Sleeka in the center square, John Titella, Joby Fortson to his sides, Rocco Miller from Bracketeer.org down on the bottom row there, uh, Shadow Stevens, Alf, who else we got in this holiday? Jim J. Bullock. Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get to, uh, but I want to start with, you know, the field is out. If you go up to the top of the website there, you will see the bracket. You will also see it this year. We have a downloadable PDF, even though you can print it out and distribute it to your bracket pools and make sure you have one with the uh, little Hoops HD, Hoops HD logo on it. Uh, yes. But, uh, uh, let me start with our two bracket picking experts, uh, John Titel and Rocco Miller. Rocco, let me start with you. Your thoughts on what the committee actually did and their one omission that everybody had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as a whole, I thought it was it was fairly straightforward. Um, I I would I would probably agree with ninety percent or higher of their selections and placements and all that good stuff. So not not too much of a surprise, just based on what we learned in previous years on what changes from the reveal from the reveal to the actual bracket thought that stayed mostly consistent. Um, you know, a couple uh, you know, I, to me, the biggest surprise was Florida Atlantic. I thought at 29 and three against D one 31 and three overall um, really the toughest conference USA in over a decade uh, by, by all measurements. And um, the only team from that league to, to not be in the top half of the bracket was, um, you know, that, that was painful. Uh, and, and to add insult to injury, uh, in my opinion, the toughest of any team seven through 10, or maybe, maybe you could argue Texas A&M, but um, maybe eight through 10 for sure uh, is Memphis Tigers, in my opinion. And so that was just a really brutal blow, not only to get the the down seed, but also that matchup is just, um, it's a Herculean task. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, you know, besides that though, I thought it was pretty straightforward. I was a little disappointed. The Gauchos, uh, we're in the 13. I thought they earned that with three quad two wins. Um, uh, but besides that, I mean, we're splitting hairs. So um, overall, I can't complain too much. And then the Rutgers part, I know you're interested in that. I, I had Rutgers no, out. No, no, no. I have no idea to discuss Rutgers. No, no, no <laughs> desire at all. But go ahead. No, go ahead. I had Rutgers out Wednesday morning. Basically, for me, when you – I've talked to committee members in past years with you guys and with Lenardi and others – about this, if you take quad four away, what's your leftover record? That's a really easy place to start with the team. And it was that for me, it was that simple with Rutgers. They were 12 and 14. Um, if you're two games under 500 in your games that have any kind of meaning, that's a very easy reason to leave a team out. And I, I, I don't think it was that controversial. I, I understand that the bracket matrix had 97% or whatever, but that doesn't matter to me. I, I think that was a very easy decision to make um, for probably a lot of people in the room. I'll, I'll tell you, my thought on it being a Rutgers guy is, I and I've said this a couple times already, I'm not completely shocked that Rutgers was not in. I was not devastated or anything. I, I thought there was a real good shot we wouldn't make it. My problem, yeah. and let me go Titel go to you, was not that we were left out. It was, you know, I was expecting Oklahoma State or Clemson uh, to be that team. Maybe had a long shot even of Vanderbilt based on what they did the last couple of weeks. Uh, but but Titel, to pick Nevada, uh, that, that was my problem with it. Nevada. Not that you're bitter. <laughs> um, I just can't believe, like, so last year Rutgers screwed me because I had them out and then A&M made it. And this year I had them in and they didn't make it. And I had A&M overseeded and I had Princeton 
underseeded or overseeded. So as usual, New Jersey keeps screwing me. <laughs> Goddamn New Jersey. <laughs> well, well Kirby, how about you do you? pretty how good about... in the other 49 states, I tell you. I gotta say, like, uh, <laughs> thank God. Hey, you had yeah. fairly Dickens of Dead Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, uh, I we'll still, uh, finished a little behind Rocco, so tip of the cap. But uh, I think I did pretty well. I think the Bracket Matrix is becoming the best crowdsourced uh, place on the internet in the world to do these things. Um, Joby had a perfectly great showing. Uh, Hoops HD, a little. Far below Joby, but that's well. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's an asterisk by that. We, we thought we thought highest score wins. Not <laughs> yeah, we wanted, we we the wanted highest a big number. <laughs> but for those of you that follow us, you guys guessed the committee. The Hoops HD committee is the committee. We 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 tell the committee what they should be doing. We're not guessing what they are doing. And they did a pretty that's shitty it. job compared to what yeah, we they, did yeah they did there. pretty bad. <laughs> Joby, your thoughts you score their bracket against Hoops HD's bracket? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they were, they were yeah, two fourteen. We you, you and Rocco, <laughs> you and Titel were like eight and seven or whatever it was, and we were two fourteen. Two, yeah, two hundred and fourteen to eight. <laughs> Joe, your thoughts in terms of the metrics and everything? Also, yeah, no, the it's guy. interesting on the metrics side. Uh, just as an initial run through, I haven't checked. I haven't eyeballed every single bracket ahead of me in case there was a new computer that ended. You know, that began and uh, was. Uh, uh, was an actual computer as opposed to the guesswork. Uh, but the JNG was number one again. Uh, by I, from what I can tell, Torvik was two, uh, beat Torvik by five. Uh, so that's you know, that, that was a good day for the JNG. It was its all time high. Uh, but the remarkable thing was, and Titel hit at this, the bracket matrix had a remarkable score of 370. It would have finished second, second. Out of 229 entries, its average was second. That's insane. I have a feeling you will see even more uh, floating to the mean, and then one day it will be wildly off because everybody <laughs> will have uh, attacked uh, attached to it. But even with the JNG's all-time high as a score, and to give Bracket Matrix a lot of credit, it was still in the bottom half of overall you know, picks. It was a good day. Um, the one element I will say that was very interesting, um, I have a few, and one will be for final thoughts, uh, but uh, how we always debate how much are the final games, final day of games uh, determinative of, uh, of your seating. This time there was some of that because, for instance, Princeton is a 15. Yale would have been either a 13 or a 14. So it wasn't like they just took Princeton – slotted them into Yale spot. They, they really did rate Princeton on its own merits. Same with Memphis. Most, including the bracket matrix, I don't think Memphis was an eight until they beat Houston. And so they really did have a contingency bracket. I think Penn State would have been much higher than a 10, for instance, had they actually beaten Purdue. Uh, because um, just seeing what happened in the American, what happened in the Ivy. So the final day games of games does matter uh, a little more uh, than I actually was giving it credit for, I'll be honest, in the mathematical side. Because, yeah, uh, um, I, I had Princeton on its own merits correctly, uh, but uh, I did not have – I had Memphis as a nine in place of Rocco's Florida Atlantic. I had Florida Atlantic an eight and Memphis a nine, and I uh, should have flipped them. Uh, and I truly believe Memphis was not an eight until beating Houston because of the lack of wins – like against a Houston on that resume. 
Okay. I got a quite a, kind of an interesting yeah. question before we move. This is quick for the three of you, really. Was there anything because you're guessing the committee and in Joby's case, it's a it's a metric that predicts the committee. Were any of your guesses? Yeah, I think this is the committee, what the committee is going to do, but I don't personally agree with it at all. And what in terms of which teams? Okay, for any instance, any whole team. Mountain any, West. Any I'll be honest, the whole Mountain West for me. Okay, my, my, my I should have known had that. Utah I, I, State and had Utah yeah. State and Boise as a ten, had San Diego State as a high five. I did not have Nevada uh, as point out, but I did nail the Mountain West. Uh, besides that, I was like, "Hey, the committee's going to do that." Looking at the metrics, and they did. Uh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought. Yeah, I thought the Mountain West was. Um, you know, obviously, I didn't have Nevada in, but I. If I really thought about it, I knew I didn't want to select Oklahoma State. I had I had my convictions with them, uh, just being zero and nine against the top four teams in the Big Twelve. That they had to get one of those wins. They didn't get any of them. Um, and then I thought Wisconsin, Clemson, pretty obviously out. Same with Vandy. So if I would have taken, I, I wish I had just taken another look at Nevada, just because you know they obviously had an abundance of wins in quad two and three. And that if you look at Rutgers the way I explained them at the start of the show. Um, that that that's how you could easily come to that answer. And I and yeah. looking at it again after the show was over, I quickly got there and I didn't have much of a problem with it. My own personal answer was I would if I were guessing the committee, I would have had Auburn right where they are. If I were on the committee, well, you my, my thoughts on them were well documented. <laughs> I also uh, thought NC State was, you know, uh, should have been a play in team and they were above all yeah. that. So that was good work by Bubba Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't get clubs to North Carolina off off of that first four out, but at least he got NC State up a seed yeah. line. But he said, "Screw Pitt, we're gonna put yeah. Pitt down there." Uh, Which is what Rocco, ironically, this is where I wish that they had uh, they had like the the ratings for the playing game on the bracket matrix because I actually had the playing game uh, correctly assigned with Rutgers being yeah. the final spot. Uh, now Nevada was the fourth team out, so in all fairness, on mine. But the uh, behind some of those teams, Chad had, but I would have nailed the play-in game uh, exactly, except for the omission of Rutgers. Okay, let's get to the bracket now. I'm going to pull it up mm -hmm. on the screen share here, and this is a uh, enlarged version of it, actually. Uh, same thing that you'll see up there on, on the website. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. We're going to go region by region. What I want to do here is go through all the games, all the little pods here. Uh, get get a few thoughts from a couple people, and actually get picks here. We'll go ahead and we're going to fill out a bracket right here on the air live. This will be the official Hoops HD bracket. I'll enter it into a couple of the major competitions out there, even, and uh, it'll probably finish dead last, just like our just like we did our bracket matrix. But uh, Dorman, let me start with you. Uh, in the very first pod there in the South region, the Alabama versus the winner of AM Corpus Christi Simo pod and Maryland West Virginia group that that four that four team or five team group there, and maybe even start with that Corpus Christi SIBO play in game. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, so I actually like uh, AM Corpus Christi. SIMO uh, had a rough year. Uh, they did uh, end up winning the Ohio Valley. Uh, they got hot at the right time. But uh, Corpus Christi won the regular season title, uh, then obviously went on and won the conference tournament. I think they're a stronger team. I think they're a better team for the season. I think they will beat SIMO. Okay, um, and we lost the screen share. I'm just trying to get and it we right lost back. the bracket. I, I lost yeah, the bracket. Lost trying to get back, but, but but I don't think you're picking them to beat Alabama, are you? No, we're going to take <laughs> Alabama, and we're going to take West Virginia. Uh, I have. Uh, yeah. 
There we go. Uh, I thought Maryland was going to perform better than they have, better than most this year. Uh, I will say that I uh, love their coach. Um, I think he's tremendous. And uh, Willard will do great things at Maryland, and they will win big. But this is not the year. I think physically uh, and toughness, uh, West Virginia will outduel uh, Maryland. So I like uh, West Virginia to play Alabama. And do you like West Virginia to beat Alabama? Oh, let's we're go, moving let's, on. Let's go. Sorry, we're we're, no, we're going like to do the whole pod here. We're going all. We're going with Alabama there. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts, uh, um, Titel? You've been shaking your head here. Do you agree with him on his Alabama over West Virginia pick here? Yes, I'm shaking my head about uh, your ability to screen share, Chad. Um, yeah, I, think it, that... <laughs> I had a little minor technical problem. <laughs> uh, I think the tide are going to keep rolling as they should. Um, I think that I trust Nate Oates in March. I think that unless Brandon Miller gets arrested sometime next week, that they're going to be unstoppable. And I don't know that you can like pen them in for the final four, but I think you can pencil them in. Not really, because I kind of penciled West Virginia in to beat them, but that's just uh, my personal pick that I don't think anybody's going to agree with me on. So uh, we'll see when I'm all winning my bracket pool. Uh, but uh, Salika, let me bring you up here, bring you in here for the for the next pod, the San Diego State, Charleston, and Virginia Furman group. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me go to Joby here, and I'll get you the next one because he is the Virginia guy. And, and the Mountain West fan. Yeah, and the, and Mountain, the Mountain West, West yeah. fan. <laughs> um, I actually am going to surprise. I think San Diego State matches up very well. This is, once again, I've seen more Mountain West than almost, maybe not Rocco and some of the West Coast guys, but than almost anybody else. And I can say this. I do, I'm not a believer in San Diego State, as everybody knows. But the matchup here is actually pretty good for San Diego State because how San Diego State beats you is by just raw – physicality uh you know throw throw up a ball and get their offensive rebound and dunk it sort of thing and they do legitimately play tough defense getting out on the perimeter i think that they can give charleston a lot of fits this is going to be one where a lot of people will want to pick the 12 seed by nature i will be a contrarian and actually stick with san diego state likewise uh, the, the popular pick seth davis said it is Furman over Virginia. I actually think if Furman, Furman can nail, hey, if Furman's nailing outside shots over the pack line, then they'll win. But right now, I don't think that that will be, I mean, that's a, Furman's got a puncher's chance, but the way Virginia's defense is playing, as long as they give the same effort they have for uh, for the last several games, Furman will be frustrated. And then it will be Virginia with Jay Gardner as a perfect matchup for Furman, as we saw what he did when he was at East Carolina against somewhat smaller physical un, uh, as physical players, I think Gardner's going to have a very big day. And Virginia goes, this is where I do think, yeah. And San Diego State, once again, that physicality, Virginia without that extra body inside with Vanderplas, but Virginia has enough inside to contain San Diego State, to not give up so many offensive rebounds, even though that was a problem at times for Virginia. And then on the offensive end, Virginia's uh, amazing Backdoor cutting uh, has been uh, the way the offense has been running in that regard, uh, except for the first half against Duke. I would say that Virginia uh, gets to the Sweet 16. Uh, and, um, and and we're, we're and I don't think Joby's going to be on next week when San Diego State upsets Virginia <laughs> and his who's lose to a Mountain West team. Uh, we may not see yeah, him yeah, again. I, I, I don't, don't think that will do anything to improve his opinion of the Mountain <laughs> like, West. Rocco, what do you think of his picks? Virginia over San Diego State, you agree with it? 
well, I certainly like Virginia in that Furman matchup. Uh, yeah. Mainly, I think that's probably the worst possible draw for Furman. Um, we've saw we've seen them lose to teams like High Point this year, where um, you know they can just get a little sloppy with it, not shoot well. Obviously, they're very experienced, but um, I, I think just a matchup like that right away in the NCAA tournament pack line, ouch. Um, and but he's right. If they get hot, they can win it. Um, otherwise, San Diego State Charleston is really unique. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize San Diego State has a top 10 defense like they they have in a lot of other years. Um, but they also don't shoot it as well as you would think. Matt Bradley's having the worst shooting year of his five year career. He's been around a long time. Uh, Darian Trammell's a tremendous talent, but uh, his shooting numbers are down. Um, I think it's going to be a highly. Uh, more, you know, offensive game. I think Charleston is a, a glass eater offensively. They're going to create a lot of second chances. And if San Diego State hits those walls like we've seen in recent games, um, Charleston can s- steal it. I think I think the uh, Cougar fans as well are going to come down by the bus load to Orlando, and that could be a real hostile uh, environment for a five-seed San Diego State. So um, I think that one comes down right to the wire. Um, so just to be – just to be safe, I'll put Virginia through just because I can't really <laughs> make a pick on the five twelve game yet. Um, Sleek, let me go to you now. Uh, we've got the Denver, the four games, the two games of Denver, I guess three get games of Denver, really. Creighton, NC State, Baylor, UC Santa Barbara. Your thoughts on these two games? Well, when I look at uh, Baylor, I'm starting to wonder about their late season stumbles. Was that just a matchup problem with Iowa State where they end up losing two in a row and end up getting swept by the Cyclones? Or was that just a... Uh, a blip on the radar for a team that's been winning more often than not in the toughest league in the country. UC Santa Barbara was a team that we probably could have had hopes for an upset, but Baylor does not seem to be the kind of matchup that would strike fear in the Bears right here, so I would have them moving on. Creighton is another team that obviously struggled at home against uh, Marquette, was not able to come up with the win, but when they lose, they've lost pretty big when it comes to Villanova and Xavier. However, NC State is another team that really hasn't had a win of significance since they blew out Duke, and they actually ended up getting blown out themselves against Clemson late in the year on senior day. I think the Blue Jays are going to end up winning in the first round right here. And your chip and your Sweet 16 pick between the two of them? This is going to be a little bit of revenge for uh, at least the Creighton fans because they'll remember Doug, Doug McDermott, his his senior year, got short-circuited by a Baylor team back in, I think it was 2014. I think Creighton defensively can pose problems for Baylor. And let's not forget the last time the Bears ran into a Big East team, they got demolished by Marquette on the road. So I will take the Jays in a slight upset here. Slight the Jays. Dorman, did you like those picks? I absolutely love them. Stalika's right on. Great right on. Sweet 16. All right. Then, Griggs, let me go to you for the next pot here in Sacramento. Missouri, oh. Utah State, and Arizona, Princeton. Uh, so if two Arizona guys, I'm going to throw them to somebody else here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want – well, it, it, I'll, I'll take the uh, – the, the uh, Arizona-Princeton game first. As much as I hate to pick against my safety school in Princeton, um, I am I think Arizona blows them off the court. I like mm-hmm. how they've been playing. And I'm not – while I was impressed, certainly with how Utah State played in the conference tournament and in, in the championship game in particular, despite them not winning, I just like Missouri more. I mean, I mean I've kind of be – you were on the, their bandwagon before I was, and I think before most people were. But I like how they've been playing. They're a seven seed. I think that that's right where they belong. And and I think that they 
they win in the round of 64 and get not blown out, but not to where it comes down to the wire to where Arizona is sweating either. Yeah, you, then you, I you think know, Baylor knocks out Arizona in the next. Okay, well, we're, we're not quite <laughs> at that that one day, but um, but as far as uh, you know, the Missouri Utah State, I just say that I was on the Missouri thing big. I was also got on this Utah State bandwagon late as well, if you may remember. Uh, so this is two teams that I thought had a chance to to pull a couple upsets in the tournament going against each other in the in round one. So that's uh, made, made things kind of tough for me when looking at that game. Uh, but personally, I think I'm going to go. I would go Utah State there. I just have a feeling about them. Okay. Uh, but uh, Joby, what are your thoughts on, on his picks here of Arizona coming out over Missouri? Um, I I think that uh, is exactly how I'd have it. I think chalk holds. Arizona's playing very well. Um, this is yeah. Hey, this is a real challenger for the Final Four uh, at the end of the day. And I'm actually surprised you didn't let Titel revel in what was probably unanimity in his number one game of all time in the NCAA tournament. He well, won, I, he I, won I no will, quarter in that first round game. I'll I tell you that. what, let me, let me go to you, Titel, next year to pick to pick our South region champion here because uh, your Wildcats are there. And if you have a thoughts on that Princeton game, throw them at us too. <laughs> I mean, imagine a scenario where, like, your hated college arch rival is playing your graduate school who you love. I mean, like, I've been waiting for this matchup my whole life and, like, <laughs> The only wow. pause is that somebody reminded me today that uh, this is the 30th year anniversary of Arizona playing a little 15 seed called Santa Clara with a little point guard named Steve Nash who pulled off the 15-2 upset in 93. The good news is I don't see no Steve Nash on Princeton, so I like our chances. Um, to see the big men match up with Kalkbrenner going against Balo and Tubelis in uh, the Sweet 16 will be fantastic down low. Um, I think that... I don't love Arizona's defense, so I do, I'm not putting them in the final four. Um, I do think they can take care of Creighton just because, like, I think it's R2 against their one, and, like, I'm not sold on Greg McDermott in March, and I am sold on Tommy Lloyd. On the top, um, I'll defer to Joby. I do not know exactly how good this Virginia team is. I'm pretty sure this Alabama team is that good, so I'm leaning Alabama, and I think Alabama keeps going. Alabama keeps going. Stalik, are you with it? Alabama over Arizona? This is going to be a little bit close right here, but as we've seen, when Alabama's all the Pistons are firing, as they say in Hoosiers, I don't think anyone's going to be beating them in this region or anyone in the tournament for that matter. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't have them winning this region. Um, <laughs> uh, Rocco, let me go to you here as we, as we start things off in the East region with the uh, – let's start things off with, with the 16-16 game, uh, Texas Southern Fairleigh Dickinson, which I think – well, both teams are pretty awful. I think it'll be a pretty close game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Texas Southern's got the experience in this game. There seems like they're in it almost every year. I think they've been in it five of the last six years, um, and they typically win it. And they obviously played incredibly well in the SWAC tournament. Um, you know, won that sucker. Had no, no expectations to win it. They beat a really good Grambling team. They beat a hot Alabama A&M team in the semis. Um, so I think Texas Southern keeps rolling. If you remember, Fairleigh Dickinson didn't even win their tournament. They got in because they played Merrimack in the championship. So they're, they're uh, the great, only auto they, bid winner going in on a losing streak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I love the story there. Tobin Anderson comes over from D2, brings three of his starters over from St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, they get it done in the NAC at the end out of all eligible teams. Uh, fabulous guy and, and great story. I think it'll be a great game, but I, I, I'll i go uh, Texas Southern. 
And how about, oh. uh, you don't think they're going to be Purdue, do you? I, I, Rocco, real quick, or anybody, Stalika will know this. Has a has a 20-loss team ever won an NCAA tournament game? And I don't know the answer. But I, this I might be historic. Of, I think one of these uh, 16s have. Um, it might have been Texas Southern one of those years. Actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. your best guess. So, yeah. so, so, Rocco, I assume you got Purdue. But how about the Memphis-Florida-Atlanta yeah. game? I know you've been wanting to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Yeah, no, great timing. I, I actually just got off the phone with um, Florida Atlanta coach Dusty May um, a little bit ago and uh, gave a great breakdown. Man, it's going to be a, a terrific game. I, I, I There's no better game in the first round for my money. Um, I really think these two teams have the ability to get deep into the tournament. Um, you know, and I think Kendrick Davis, uh, special player. Um, Florida Atlantic has seen Jelly Walker three times. They've seen t- uh, uh, Tyler Perry. North Texas, another terrific guard in their league multiple times. And, um, you know, I, I I think they, they're they up for the Davis challenge. De, De, DeAndre Williams is always the the X factor for, for Memphis. I mean, he when he is clicking and he's motivated, he's impossible to stop. Memphis wins almost every time, and they're top 10 good when he's locked in. Um, they need to get him in foul trouble, and um, they need to get him frustrated. That's a really big key to the game. Um, and I, and you know what? It's the year of the owl, Chad. So I'm not picking against the owls. Florida Atlantic finds a way. I don't know how. They're just awesome. I like and them, and they're winners. Like they're, they're the to me, they're the most cohesive team in the country. No, no doubt about it. These guys uh, will do anything for each other. That's why they have different starting lineups every single game. Um, and then I do like Florida Atlantic to beat Purdue. I like whoever wins that game to beat Purdue because wow. they can put they can put ball <laughs> pressure. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, if anything, Purdue obviously could still win. I'm not saying they don't have a chance. I'm just saying those are great matchups for both teams against Purdue because Purdue's guards have really stumbled in the last month. And both of these teams play our top 35 defenses. They both have tremendous ones, twos, and threes and will put ball pressure on Purdue. And I think if it's Memphis, Purdue could get blown out. If it's Florida Atlantic, they could still lose by five plus. Um, but I, I'm picking either team, whoever wins the, the first eight, nine game here. Well, I love that assessment and I, I would still pick Purdue, but I am 50. It's more 52, 48, especially if it's Florida Atlantic. I think Florida Atlantic is going to get by Memphis. Memphis is tough, but they also had to sweat a lot. And you mentioned Florida Atlantic being cohesive. They are. And it's yeah. not that Florida Atlantic didn't struggle against some teams that were a thousand miles from the bubble as well, but, but I think they can get by Memphis and I think they can really, really make Purdue sweat. And if this plays out, Rocco had the guts to call it. I, I didn't, but if this plays out, Rocco, we're going to dinner as so long as you pay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and don't forget if that, if that game happens, you have seven foot one Vlad Golden going up against seven, whatever Zach Eady. Um, so they have the guys to match up Rosado. It's a exactly, good matchup. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. And that Rosado, Rosado can really mess with Eady as well. A lot of people forget about Rosado. He usually comes in about six minutes in for the owls and he's a wide body and he comes in with fresh legs and he pounds people. Um, so that's Florida Atlantic has a, a edge because they're so deep and they can start one or the other. It doesn't really matter. And the other coach is really hard. It's a really tough team to prepare for, especially on the short turnaround. Don't forget, this will be two games after the first or two days after the first game. Yeah. Let, let's uh, keep rolling here. Uh, Dorman, let me go to you for the next pot here. Duke Oral Roberts, Tennessee, Louisiana. Your, your thoughts on this? And are you going to go with me on the ORU upset? 
I think it's going to be tight. I've heard all the talking heads on TV and the radio since this bracket popped that Duke's going to the Final Four, and they're hot, and they're playing really well. And this is the best they've played all year. There's no doubt about that. But this Oral Roberts team is as hot as anyone. They've won many, many games in a row. I forgot the number, but they just don't lose. This is a fantastic game. I think it'll go right down to the wire. I got Duke winning by the slightest of margins. And how about the Tennessee-Louisiana? Uh, Louisiana is going to pressure the ball on defense. They got some guys that will get in your face, and they got some athletes. And they have a few guys on the bench that can come in if they do get in foul trouble. I'm really nervous Tennessee, without their point guard, Ziegler, can control the game the way they like to. On defense, they'll be fine. I love their defense. But offensively, they've lost their leader. They lost the guy that sets it all up. I'm picking an upset here. I'm yes! taking the Raging Cajuns. This is an excellent pick okay. for uh, the uh, for the reasons Dorman gave. The pressure without the point get, guard. It's great we're going to get Cajuns, Cajuns and Owls in New York City. Yeah. Well, Dorman, are you going to take Louisiana over Duke as well? I am not. I'm going to take <laughs> Duke over the Raging Cajuns. <laughs> Dang oh, you. And for, the, and for the same reason where – <laughs> <laughs> I think Duke's point guard play with Roach has been excellent the last month or so, and yeah, he really absolutely. controls the game, and they can push the ball when they want to. Their bigs can run, and when he doesn't have it, he knows when to slow it up and set up the offense, which Flipakowski has been sensational in lately. Louisiana, I think, will hang with them, but Duke will beat him. Tytel, do you like his picks? I don't love them. I mean, like... I know that Rick Barnes does not have a history of like making a ton of sweet 16s, but his defense is amazing even without Ziegler. So I think that even with a uh, former Arizona cast off Jordan Brown, Louisiana is going to have an uphill battle. <laughs> and as much as I like Acemas, um, I liked him more when he had O'Banner at his side. And even though he's got Vanover, I still think that Duke is getting hot at the right time, obviously, even though you know how I love first year coaches and um yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have Duke to advance, but um, I just don't see that upset. But obviously, that's why they call them upsets. Right. Uh, Joby, let me go to you here with the mm. uh, battle of two of Rick Patino's former schools of the Kentucky <laughs> Providence and <laughs> K-State, Montana State games in Greensboro. Um, He's taking yeah, both uh, jobs next year. From the prior bracket, I'm in agreement with Dorman. Uh, and this bracket, I think, has some similarities to that uh, in that Kentucky – Yes, they, they didn't have the same run Duke did in the SEC, but I feel like their season is much better than where they we thought they were at, you know, pre-conference play. And um, they're starting to put the pieces together. That more, Most importantly, the defense is playing better for Kentucky. If that can hold up for this game, I think they, they take care of business against Providence. Um, and the ceiling makes it very scary and – Hey, not to not to put Montana State aside, but Kansas State has been playing just really good ball all year. I think that consistency, I think the story of Johnson's comeback uh, is a big one. And so then we've got the real fight between Kansas State and Kentucky. And this is where I will say Kentucky's ceiling actually can do this and take care uh, and uh, be able to make that advancement into New York. And so what an interesting region we are setting ourselves up with that sweet 16 opposite sides. But, 
Hint, hint. Talking to course, not affiliates in New York. Uh, Rocco, do you not like at the Spectrum. Yeah. Rock, yeah, Spectrum doesn't even exist anymore. Rocco, do, do you like Kentucky over K State as the call here? I definitely like Kentucky to get there. Um, good chance I'll be in New York for that as well. So nice. I, I would, I would prefer it not to be Kentucky Duke, honestly, uh, just because I had Duke last year. But it, I, I like both their draws. I think they have great draws, and you can't argue that. Um, I will say, watch out. Don't just dismiss Montana State. They got in last year, um, and they played like crap. They got killed by Texas Tech. Um, this year, they're going to be a lot hungrier. They're a year older, almost everybody back. They have three pros. I think Battle's an NBA guy, and Bello and Osamore are overseas guys. This is a loaded Montana State team, and I'll just tell you from scheduling, a lot of teams refuse to play them. Um, and Kansas State, you know, out of all the Big 12 teams, that might be the best. If you had to play one, that might be the one they would choose. So uh, we'll see how they we'll see how they do, but I think they're going to put up a pretty good fight. Uh, Slika, how about this Michigan State-USC game, and uh, do you see Vermont pulling an upset over Marquette? On, as far as Vermont, absolutely not. Marquette is going to wear them down with their defense. You look at uh, Michigan State and USC. Michigan State seems to be the team that hasn't quite been able to get their motor completely steady like uh, Kentucky has. They've gotten just enough wins in the uh, Big 12 or Big 10, and I would probably say they'll at least be able to handle USC, but I think this is another team that Marquette's probably going to wear down with their defense here. So I see the Golden Eagles headed to the Sweet 16. Uh, Dorman, do you agree with him? I do. I do. I I don't even know if Michigan State's going to be USC. Uh, That game's tight as can be. Um, But for what Stalika just said, all the reasons, I just haven't seen Michigan State click like they usually do uh, this time around. They look very average in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they don't have those. His, he usually has an off guard, a shooting guard, or a small forward that can score the basketball. I don't see that on this Michigan State team. Um, USC also doesn't impress me so much, or I would have liked Michigan State for sure to get knocked out here. But Peterson can shot, Peterson on USC uh, can shoot the ball, and if he gets open and they let him take some shots and then take the ball to the basket, he he can light it up. So I, I do like USC in the slightest, and I do agree with uh, Marquette moving on to the Sweet 16. Well, Michigan State is a seven seed. Doesn't that mean they're going to the Final Four? Griggs, Probably. how about Griggs? How about this this potential year of Florida Atlantic Griggs? Yes. Yeah. How about this potential for, final uh, Florida? East region, Florida Atlantic, Duke, Kentucky, Marquette. What do you like coming out of this and get to the Final Four? Uh, the the one that's actually easier for me to pick is the I, – I think Marquette over Kentucky. I, I like this Kentucky team. I just don't think they go any further in that Marquette is better in seven times out of ten they'd win. The, the FAU-Duke game is, is a little harder to pick. Up until the ACC tournament, I would have probably – pick Florida Atlantic even but in the last couple weeks Duke has lifted a lot of weight they've certainly impressed me uh the last time they were on the court they beat a protected seed by double digits they beat some really good teams in the ACC tournament that are I think as good or better than Florida Atlantic not that I don't think Florida Atlantic is good uh I I I gotta go with Duke it's not who I'm rooting for but I just don't (laughs) think that's enough and I, I I know Rocco would probably go the other way and what, would you pick Duke to the final four then or Marquette? I would not. I got Marquette. You got Marquette in the final four. Uh, Joby, yeah. what do you think? Marquette in the final four? 
I've been I've been calling Duke to the Final Four for a very very longer than the pundits that have all of a sudden gotten on this bandwagon. I'm driving the car. You know, I got I got in the truck first, as people know. Um, I saw something special here, and we maybe they did it. And what's funny is this Duke, the pathway for Duke, it's either Final Four or, as Rocco pointed out, uh, they could lose to Oral Roberts. I think it looks like. I think it looks like that Florida, I don't know if it'll be national title, but it looks like that Florida national title team who almost lost to Butler in the first game on a last second play. And then from then on, went right through all the way to the final four. I think that's the pathway you're looking. Duke could lose that 5-12 game, but if they get past that, I actually like them at least in the Elite Eight and to the final four. All right. Um, let's see, we're up to Titel. Let me go scroll the screen over a bit here, bring up the West region onto the screen. And let's start with the uh, one seed here, Kansas versus Howard. Your D.C. team here had Howard, and how about Arkansas, Illinois as well? Best team in D.C., and it's not even close, I don't think. The Bison uh, <laughs> couldn't pick a worse matchup for them. I think they're going to get destroyed, uh, even if Bill Self and his entire coaching staff is in the hospital. But uh, I'm just glad that Coach Blakeney has represented the district well. Uh, any eight, nine game is a coin flip. Um, I think a lot of people <laughs> on this show have not been Illini fans over the past month for good reason. Um, if this is Nick Smith's last chance to like show out before he becomes a lottery pick, then I think that's good motivation for uh, Musselman and crew to keep advancing. And what do you think they could knock off Kansas after that? Kansas are Kansas. Tough to say, Chad. Um, I think <laughs> that the Jayhawks are for real and, um, I'd be interested to see – it'd be a lot closer, I think, if McCuller is still hurt. He missed the Texas uh, beatdown in the Big 12 title game. But assuming he's healthy, um, I think that Jalen Wilson is the best player on the court, even with Nick Smith. So I would uh, rock chalk it. All right. Uh, Sleeker, you agree with him? I would agree with him. All right. That was easy. Yeah. Rocco. I know you're a big St. Mary's fan, so let's go to you for the Albany games here. St. Mary's, VCU, and the and – the, and here's Rick Pitino again uh, with his actual <laughs> team against UConn. <laughs> yeah, St. Mary's VCU, first of all, is an interesting matchup because you know VCU, to a degree, still has the havoc uh, three-quarter court uh, press defense. And if you watched uh, St. Mary's last two losses to Gonzaga, the big thing that derailed the Gales early uh, was the one-two-two press that the Zags put on them? Um, just completely disheveled St. Mary's in a way that I don't think any of us have seen in the last few years. Um, so I think VCU certainly comes into this game looking to replicate that. You have two top seventeen defenses on both sides, so you're probably looking at a rock fight. Um, but if the St. Mary's of old shows up, um, they should be good enough and more prepared. Uh, to be able to execute down the stretch and get a w close win. Um, I can't see VCU running away from from them, but VCU comes in very hot, winning a, a very high-pressure, high-stakes A-10 tournament where it was only going to be one bid. Um, so I do think it's going to be a great game, but I'll, I'll stick with St. Mary's. Um, it could easily see VCU. Uh, on the other side, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, looks like Patino's on his way out um, as soon as they're knocked out of the tournament. Uh, not that it matters when it's UConn. I think UConn, if they're playing peak UConn, is national championship level good. Um, and from a prediction standpoint, I think at least one of my brackets, I'll I'll have them winning it all. Um, but, you know, if you look at the pre-tournament numbers on Kansas last year, uh, they had a top 
<clears throat> they had a top eight offense and a top 20 defense. Only one team, I think, in the bracket besides Houston fits that mold this year. It's the UConn Huskies. Um, so if they're if they're just playing the way they can, uh, that not only should they steamroll Iona, they should also steamroll through the uh, St. Mary's VCU winner. Uh, we have Brian Black joining us. Brian, I didn't see a sneak in there. Uh, How you doing? Uh, hey, and uh, let me go to you right now for your thoughts on whether or not you agree with Rocco on this. Does does it, is it UConn mm-hmm. over St. Mary's in this Albany pod? Yeah, I think so. I think St. Mary's has been kind of a bit of a paper tiger of late. We saw St. Mary's have issues there in the uh, West Coast Conference Championship game when it really, really mattered. I don't know. When it gets down to nitty gritty, it's just all about can you get it done when it matters most and survive in advance. And I just feel like UConn is is a little bit more battle tested, and especially earlier in the season, I was a little more impressed with with UConn as well. So their whole body of work, uh, and near down the stretch, I I felt like they've done quite a bit more. Well, Brian, while you're with us here, and since you jumped in late, let me go ahead and give you the next pod as well. This Denver okay. pod here, and start with this Arizona State Nevada first four game. What's your pick in that one? I like Arizona State in that one. I really good, think good, they're your, yeah. I think they're under uh, undervalued. Uh, again, they had some games earlier in the year that that bit them, uh, but otherwise they were they've been a pretty good team. And I actually think they will beat TCU also. Wow. I think Ooh. yeah. I I think Arizona State gets all the way to the round of thirty two. Um, I I, and, I agree. Good pick, yeah. Ryan. And. Uh, yeah, as much as I love Grand Canyon, much as I love the Lopes and would love to see them win, uh, it's not going to happen. Gonzaga is going to move on. It could be a, should be a pretty good ball game there. Arizona State, Gonzaga, I, I can foresee it going back and forth. Gonzaga just feels like here down the stretch, they have been able to put it together a little more. I think uh, Bobby Hurley and his guys, they'll do the best they can, but I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Mark Few's schemes and such. You, you, you seem to agree with him, Griggs. I do. Uh, I, that's wow. exactly how I would fill it out. Uh, uh, I, I, I think Nevada beats Arizona State. So I, I, <laughs> and I think Ty Taylor Dorman will agree with me on principle, correct? <laughs> Chad, I was waiting for ASU Rutgers. I would finally cheer for the Scarlet Knights. <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's exactly how I would fill it out. And basically his assessments, I, I like the Lopes too. And, uh, I hope they don't get blown out too badly. <laughs> uh, Dorman, let me go back to you for the next pot here. Northwestern Boise state UCLA against Asheville. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's start with the bottom game. Uh, I like UCLA. I am worried about the injuries and uh, the defensive situation, but that'll come in down the line as UCLA moves on, but not against Asheville. Northwestern Boise State, this is a real interesting matchup. Boise State doesn't mind slowing it down. They want to slow it down. They want to grind you. They want to play on their defensive sets. Northwestern is going to have to be able to score the basketball consistently. They can't have these five, six-minute droughts where they don't get anything but bad shots and turnovers. Boo Booey has got to take over on offense and take the ball to the basket. That's not their dish, but he's got to be assertive. Last couple of weeks when they've kind of fallen a few times, he hasn't been as strong on the offensive end. Saying that, I do like Chris Collins and company to put it together and knock out the Broncos. And do you see them upsetting UCLA? No, I think UCLA's got too much in this round. I love guard play, 
I really love it in March. There's not a better pair in the country than UCLA with Tiger and Juarez. Uh, Tytel, do you agree with him? And, and, and is, is he maybe overlooking what Drew Pember does for UNC Asheville? Yes, I think he's more forgetting Jalen Clark will be missing for the Bruins and is like the defensive player of the year in the conference. And yes, while they is. had their big guys, Hawkins and Campbell, with a great 19 points from Amari Bailey in the Pac-12 tourney game, the bench was very little. Dylan Andrews, he almost won the game with a three, um, but they couldn't buy a three. They were four of 19 from the field. I think this UCLA team has a lot more holes than you'd think. I don't know that I'm going to pick Northwestern to beat them, but I'm very close to as far as the 7-10 game, um, I just want to get uh, Joby's uh, thoughts as the biggest uh, Mountain West fan on the panel here. <laughs> They're <laughs> trash. Boise trash. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it, Boise, this game for you, Joby. <laughs> Northwestern, I wish it was any other team that showed yeah. a little more athleticism, to be honest, because any ounce of athleticism and Boise couldn't keep up. You know, for instance, we talked about Memphis, Florida, Atlantic. Both of those teams in that 8-9 game – would boat race Boise. I'm not sure Northwestern, as Dorman pointed out, you know, because of their dry spells that they themselves have, I'm not sure Northwestern will boat race them. Well, Joby, let me stick with you for the uh, for the potential West Regional semifinals and finals here. Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA. I'll tell you, uh, let, let's start. All the injuries, all the problems, all the bench elements, it, it, it's the first weekend, the game of a weekend, so it's not as wear and tear. Uh, but I still, this might be the sneaky Mark Few team. Yeah, you know, this might. And so Gonzaga, um, they know how, they still have some players like Drew Timmy back from those championship run, game runs. So Gonzaga, I'm, I'm good pick. I'm there. Good pick. This is a tough one. I think you are talking about two teams that are at near the top of their seeds. Yes, Kansas, me and Seth Davis. Uh, and Connecticut should have been a three. I, I, I'm that's actually a mistake. I think the committee made. I, they might have said, "Well, the Musketeers beat Connecticut head to head, so that's why we're making that decision." But Connecticut should be a three, and they are at least a two. Tough call. I'm going to go with the sexy crowd pick that's happening right now. Yes, and yes. like Rocco, and go with UConn here. Yes, good pick. Because good Kansas can show inconsistencies against teams at the level. Of Connecticut. Connecticut can too, but there's something about that UConn team. Then in the final four? For the final four, Mark Few makes yet another Good run pick. there. Good pick. And Joby, I know all about sexy picks. Part of being a puppet. <laughs> Rocco, what do you think of the, of this you of this Gonzaga over Yukon as opposed to what I would have had personally, which is Yukon over Gonzaga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I'm going with Yukon over UCLA. Um, okay. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, I just think, you know, I've I got to stick to my guns on my Gonzaga assessment all year long. I know they're playing much better now. No, no doubt about it. And I think they'll they'll be able to blow through their pod, uh, catch some teams off guard unless TCU really shows up without Lampkin. Um, They obviously are going through some uh, trouble there in the locker room. But uh, I think with Gonzaga as a whole, the difference this year, I don't think they have a bona fide. NBA player. Uh, Timmy's going to get a cup of coffee in the NBA, probably uh, move on overseas, or he can do a million things with his personality, but um, I don't think he's going to be in the NBA that long. And Strother is a very talented guy. Salas is talented, but I, I really don't think 
they, you could easily argue they won't have a guy in the NBA off this roster longer than three years. And um, UCLA certainly does. UConn certainly does. Um, and I think a lot of times you look at who makes the final four, you need pros. Um, and I think that's why Gonzaga is going to fall short. Uh, let's see who we're up to here. Salika, let me go to you as we, as we go up to the Midwest region, our last region here, and start with the Houston NKU game and the Iowa-Auburn games in Birmingham. I don't think Houston's going to have any problems with the NKU, regardless of who they send out there. In other words, Marcus Sasser's injury That'll situation. That'll teach him to kill Penguin fever. <laughs> Good pitch, Salika. Love it. <laughs> But as far as the Iowa-Auburn game, yes, there is going to be kind of a home crowd that's going to be favoring Auburn right here. Iowa is a team, however, that when they're firing all cylinders, they're going to be very tough to beat. And as we also saw against Michigan State, you can never count the Hawkeyes out in the closing minute unless it's they're like down by 20 right here. So, And I, and I also think Iowa's won enough road games in the Big Ten that I feel confident enough in taking them to advance to the second round. Interesting. But as far as the the second round game goes, I think Iowa gives them a scare, but I think Houston's got too many weapons to lose this one. So I'll take the Cougs into the sweet 16 again. Brian, Um, what do you think? You agree with him? Sorry, Brian. I mean, looking at this, I do think Houston makes it all the way to the Sweet 16. It seems like fairly inevitable in my opinion, but like the Iowa-Auburn winner is going to be, I don't know, I, that's a game I could see going into like overtimes, maybe multiple overtimes, whereas Houston's going to stop Northern Kentucky. I just think, I don't think this is going to be the, the bracket where you see an eight or a nine seed up, upset of one. It just doesn't feel like Houston is quite that vulnerable, though they did show some vulnerabilities in the previous game. I'm wondering how much of that was just kind of them ready to be in the tournament and get going. I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes if, you know, they kind of knew they were a one seed and just kind of coasting, didn't want to show yeah. anything anybody this first weekend. It's, such, it's hard to know sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, there's, this is a pretty spot-on region or uh, pod here. I totally agree. I, you might die of shock. I, I think Auburn is capable of playing really well. They did at times. And the game in Birmingham, I, I think they come out and they beat Iowa. And, like, my thoughts on Auburn have been well-documented. All right, Griggs, how about, no, how about talk, Auburn? Uh, Griggs, how about talk, talk to us about about the Albany games that said Miami, Drake, and Indiana, Kent State? <laughs> um. Well, I'm I'm about to get booed off the podcast. Uh, I I really like this Miami team. I've been high on them. I think I actually picked them in the the final four in our preseason show. Uh, so naturally, I'm going to pick them to go out now in the round of 64. I I just really like <laughs> how well how good of a defensive team Drake is. I I love how they've been playing over the last four weeks, uh, predominantly in the second half of conference play. Uh, we were. I was personally disappointed. I, I think we all were in how they had played up into to that point. Um, I realized that the committee, as they should, uh, based selections and seedings on the entire year, not just where you are at the end of the year. But at the end of the year, Drake was a top twenty-five team. Uh, I, I think they're playing like one. I, I think they're really damn good, and I, I don't see how you can watch them for the last three or four weeks and not think that. So I like Drake. And here's part two of the why I'm getting booted off here. I've been big on Kent State all year. I think they did stub their toes in conference, but I also think 
in conference play, particularly that one, as, as you all have repeatedly pointed out, it is hard to run through there no matter how good you are. Uh, this is a team that nearly beat Gonzaga, that nearly beat Houston, uh, that played really well most of the year. And I don't – Indiana better not overlook them. I'm going with Kent State. All right, you're going 12-13 yeah. game here. And, uh, and and who do you have winning Drake Kent State? Drake. You have Drake going yes. into the Sweet 16. And, wow. and, not, and, and then going out spectacularly. Uh, uh, but, yeah. The old 12-13. Dorman, yeah. your thoughts on his 12-13 on his, uh, game here? Well, I'm going to go back one spot here. Norshad Omir is Miami's big guy, and I have been high on Miami all year. But my, I have one, worry, my one worry has been down low. Norshad Omir is their one solid big guy who eats up space down there, plays solid D, and rebounds. If he's unable to play, and as of today, it's very iffy. Uh, he's getting treatment around the clock. Uh, coach said he hopes to have him. So it's no lock that he's going to play. If he can't play against Drake and they don't hit 50 to some percent from three point range, Miami, I agree with Griggs. Drake can be, Drake will beat Miami. If he plays, it's a different story. He's that important. Yeah. I was disappointed when I saw this matchup. Not, not that I think the committee got it wrong or anything, but just from a selfish rooting interest, because I've been big on Miami all year too. And I like them. I like Jim Laranega. They're a fun team to watch and to see win. I just think Drake gets them. Drake is good. <laughs> I agree with Griggs uh, on Drake, too. Yeah. And Indiana worries me at points. Kent State really scores the basketball. They get up and down quick, and they can score. Indiana also goes in droughts in their semifinal game against Penn State. They get stuck, and they just, like, don't score. Trace Jackson gets the ball and he's so good and they run a double team at him and like everyone stands there and watches on Indiana just like ready watch him do something he's an incredible player he's a great talent I'm not ripping on him but I don't like the offensive movement Indiana when Jackson has the ball and it seems a little stagnant at best so I could easily see Kent State also beating Indiana so I'm uh, kind of agreeing with Briggs. Right, let's go to the Green, Greensboro games here at Titel. Uh, so let's start with this Mississippi State-Pittsburgh game. Any thought on that? I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, Pitt has a great <laughs> offense. Mississippi State has a great defense, which means that I think it's just going to be a battle of the uh, resistible and the immovable, and it's just going to be ugly. Um, and I think Iowa State will not destroy whoever wins it, um, but I think that they will comfortably get it done. Do you, who, um, who, do you, have, do you have a pick for us in the Mississippi State-Pitts game? I know it's not Does it matter if they're going to lose. Sure, John. Um, I will give you uh, Pitt because mm-hmm. Capel is actually. I thought that Chris Jans, the coach of Mississippi State, had a lot better tournament success when he was at New Mexico State than Capel. Capel's actually got a winning record in the tournament, four and three. So I like well, that advantage. All, and all the first all four get, wins in the same year. I'm sorry, Taito, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, I. <laughs> Defer to Stalika, but I think Xavier will have zero problems with Kennesaw State. How about against Iowa State? I think they will have some more problems, but um, <laughs> I, I assume for, I think Fremantle's done for the year is the last I'd heard, so yes. that'll be a big blow. But um, Nunji's still big, and uh, I believe that Nunji has some uh, former games against Iowa State where he hated them. So I think he might be on the revenge tour and will help uh, our good friend Sean Miller uh, get it done. Uh, Stalika, you agree with him? You're a Xavier guy. 
it is noteworthy. It is no. It is noteworthy that Xavier lost to Ohio- Iowa State in the uh, preseason NIT last year. Now, granted, that was a bit of a different roster, but one guy that on the Iowa State roster that Xavier is going to be familiar with from last year is Osun Osuni, who was the center for the Bonnies that they also saw in the postseason NIT. However, I do think Xavier is going to end up beating the Cyclones this time around. Right. Rocco, let me go back to you here. Our last uh, first and second round pod, A&M Penn State, Texas Colgate. Yeah, I think A&M Penn State's an unfortunate matchup for both schools because uh, both of them come in pretty hot. Uh, obviously, Penn State making a, a torrid run through the Big Ten tournament, making it to Sunday, uh, beating a lot of good teams on the way and getting safely into the field. The Aggies uh, competing for an SEC title in the regular season, uh, been red hot since January, also uh, made a run through the SEC conference tournament, also had to play on Sunday uh, where Alabama beat them pretty good. But uh, they did beat Alabama in their finale. Um, I, I, I like A&M in general, uh, f- you know, just to make a run in this tournament. I just I, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, it's happening on Thursday, so not a lot of turnaround t- time for either team who just played a lot of basketball. Penn State played even more basketball. Um, so maybe a little bit of an edge to the Aggies from a fatigue standpoint, not to mention all the stuff you do Monday through Wednesday with the interviews and the travel. Um, and then you go into the Texas matchup. It'd be great to see Colgate hang around. They did it to Arkansas a couple of years ago um, where they were up 14 at halftime in that 314 game. And then press came, <laughs> the press of the Hogs just <laughs> overwhelmed the Raiders. Um, we might see something like that again, but Texas is just obviously playing way too well. And then we have a crazy um, Horns-Aggies battle. Yeah, and I really want to pick the Aggies. Honestly, I just think <laughs> Texas is just—they've got a different gear. Um, I think A&M's tough enough, and they're and they're smart enough. Like Buzz is gonna throw some junk at those guys. They'll have their game plan ready. Um, but I'll I'll play it safe and pick Texas. I just think that could oh. be a, that could be a classic <laughs> game with it with well, a lot you, of heat. You faked me out. I put a And M in. We have to switch back. Joby, what do you think? Uh, Texas uh, yeah, over Texas A&M. I, there could be, I mean, the vitriol between those two fan bases over this game will be through the roof. <laughs> I mean, it is going to be, you know, Des Moines will turn into the state of Texas uh, in that pod without a doubt. Um, and, you know, Texas better watch themselves against Colgate because they're going to be more Aggies there than Longhorns and they will be rooting hard for Colgate. <laughs> so naturally, Penn State's going to spoil the party. Yeah, but I think that's how it is. Buzz made, Buzz has made uh, one really good run with Marquette in the past. They made the Sweet 16 and barely lost in the Sweet 16, if you remember that, uh, in yeah. the run with Virginia Tech. But overall, it's not been just amazing in the tournament for Buzz because his style – especially the second weekend, the second game doesn't adjust as well. Uh, it's kind of a Jamie Dixon issue uh, to a degree. And so I, I'm still with Texas, but man, that it, it, there's a little bit of, it's such a tough call given the uniqueness of it being Texas, yeah. Texas A&M. Now they have, yeah, and, Oh, go ahead, Rocco. I was just going to say, and every time we get too good to be true pod like this, it's probably going to be Penn State. Yep. <laughs> we're not yeah. going to we're, oh, we're going to not yeah. get the matchup in the end. I've actually Last got Penn, I've got Penn State coming out coming out of this pod here because because, really? that, just, because just to blow it up, you know, just to piss everyone off. That's silly. Or, or Colgate wins. I mean, how many out of how many of the last years of one of the 15th won? Yeah, and uh, this Colgate team is very good for a 15. Very. Good. I want to just shoot the hell they, out of the ball. They tore yeah. through conference. They pulled the double. It was one of those teams of all the 15s. This is the one that I would not want to play. 
So yes. Texas is yeah. good. Texas Number one, wonder if they'll legit. be looking ahead to Texas A&M or whoever their next is. Yeah. Colgate's he, number one in three-point shooting and number one in effective field goal percentage in the country. What's yeah. Texas? And one, what's Texas? One okay, guys, let's, let's let's move on here. Brian, Brian, let me go to you for, for this Midwest Regional semifinals and finals. Houston, Drake, Xavier, Texas. Uh, who do you think wins those two games, and who do you think makes the final four out of these four teams? Um. So, looking at this, I still like Houston over Drake. I actually uh, – I wasn't, oh, yeah. <laughs> again, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> so I again that that part of the bracket, you know, the uh, not Houston part could kind of blow up. I'm sure that's totally that is absolutely believable. But I still think Houston will probably get the close win over Drake. I think just the, just a little bit too much uh, in the tank still left Houston. Xavier, Texas is really interesting. And the reasons y'all brought up about questioning Texas, I really am thinking about because. You know, I, I, I didn't know what their three-point defense was. And I'm not sure about Xavier, but I don't know. I mean, Texas is going to have gone up against, you know, a couple of tough teams already by that point, too. Whereas Xavier, I don't know. I feel like Texas may actually have more trouble with Texas A&M than Xavier will have with Iowa State, strangely okay. enough. And so I think do Xavier – I think do Xavier – I, I think Xavier is going to beat Texas. Oh, no! <laughs> okay, and how about oh. Houston versus Xavier? And no Houston Texas game. Oh, and when we're going up, yeah, yeah, right. Houston versus Xavier again. Uh, I, I, I really would love to see the Musketeers win this. I just think Houston's going to win by about I don't know three to five points. It's going to be really close until the last couple of moments, and then you know a couple foul shots there at the end. That's kind of how I'm envisioning it. But you know, it's just mostly eye test. But Houston, you know, you have to question those injuries. But can they overcome them? I've seen plenty of teams overcome what would look like, you know, really bad injuries. So you never know. You okay. just have- um, uh, quick yeah. comment, real Rich, quick. Go ahead. Yeah, on, on, on Texas. On his picks there. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, I kind of like Texas to over Xavier, um, <laughs> but I agree with the Houston pick. But my thing on Texas, it, it, it's interesting. Um, they have played A and M on occasion. They played them in a charity game, albeit they don't, weren't able to finish the game or it was disrupted because of a brawl, which, which isn't surprising <laughs> like, uh, during the year. And uh, I want to say they played in an exempt tournament one year. They did. So, yeah. Not that long ago. It was yeah. like last year. It was I Battle for Atlantis, right. I believe, yeah. D- yeah. Despite years and maybe a decade now of, of at least locally pushing for a Houston-Texas game, it has not happened Uh my question about Texas is: Would they years. show up to play A and M or Houston, or would they say, "Oh, we've got nothing to gain from it. It's the Elite Eight, but we've got nothing to gain." <laughs> okay, uh, l- l- <laughs> let's go on to, to to our final four here, and let's start with uh, the first semifinal on the left side there, Dorman, Alabama, Marquette. Who would you have in that game? That's a fantastic game. Wow, that's a lot of athletes on the uh, court at once. Uh, I'm going to go Alabama just because. <clears throat> excuse me, just because I love Miller. And his scoring is sensational. He seems to hit the big shot and the big three every time they need a score. I would go with the uh, roll tie. Joby, would you agree with him? Roll tie over Marquette if that yeah, happens? Yeah, I, Alabama, and, and this is the tough one. I actually feel Alabama, especially given what they did in the first half of the uh, of their of the SEC final, I think Alabama is prone to lose somewhere along the way, but I don't know where. Each individual game you say, uh, it's clearly Alabama. And so I'm not going to say they lose to Marquette just because 
oh, at some point, I guess it'll be the Marquette game. Alabama is clearly the class of this game and probably the field. So uh, I'll go with Roll Tide as well. Stalika, how about if you have Houston, Houston Gonzaga, the other national semifinal? Who would you have in that game? Gonzaga was a team that was playing with matches back in January and ended up getting burned against LMU, but they've just come out ablazing since then. And saw what they did to LMU at Gersten Pavilion. We saw what they did against uh, St. Mary's in the WCC. I could easily see Gonzaga blowing through to the uh, title game right here. Wow. Houston, they've wow. had uh, lots of scoreless stretches. They cannot do that against Gonzaga because Gonzaga can go on a 10 nothing run or 15 nothing run in a heartbeat. What a game that would be. Oh, man. Like that defense, that physical play, Houston and Gonzaga, that's just an incredible game. Uh, Rocco, Alabama-Gonzaga, who would be your national champion if that's the game? Oh, Bama easily. Yeah, <laughs> Bama. Easily. Although, although Gonzaga beat them, Gonzaga beat them in Birmingham. They did. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously down to making shots, and um, you know, I think playing in in NRG Stadium, who knows? Um, shooting backgrounds a little weird, but we saw that last time we had a Final Four there. We saw some crazy shots go in, didn't we, Chad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, Tytel, would you agree with him that Alabama would beat the Zags? I mean. I think that you need to look closer into the game back in December that Rocco mentioned because it's not like Alabama lost because Brandon Miller had an off night. Brandon Miller had 36 points, yeah. and they still lost by double digits because Gonzaga had six guys in double figures, including Timmy with 29 points, 10 boards. I mean, I think that as much as you like Oates, that Mark Few is legit. I know he's like had an undefeated team in the title game before and lost. So it's far from a done deal. I just still can't believe that somebody picked Houston to lose in Houston. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sleek right. did that. Uh, <laughs> I agree with uh, that. R- R- Rocco, if, if people are filling out brackets here, most of them need a tiebreaker of a final score in the championship game. Assuming Bam beats Gonzaga, you got you got a final score you can throw? It would be a high scoring game. It would be in the, one, it would be in the one six, high 160s. I'd say 168. So 168 total? Okay, 168. I might be sh- Selling it short, but just in case it's a different team, we'll have too many points. <laughs> but that game will have a lot of rhythm. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll put that over here somewhere. One hundred sixty-eight total points. One hundred sixty-eight. Uh, man, that is a high. One hundred sixty-eight total points. Six hundred and seventy-eight. It's not happening. Yeah, one hundred sixty-eight <laughs> total points. There we go. Uh, we'll throw that in there too if you need if you need that for a tiebreaker. Uh, if you want to enter this in the bracket, you could tie with us for dead last at all at all of your tournament yeah. fields out there, guys. But before I pull the bracket down, I want to throw each of you here and give me aside from what we did here with this. Who are your personal Final Four and national championship picks? Let me throw each of you run through each of you and Brian. Let me start with you on that. Oh goodness! Now you're going to put me on the spot. So I actually, um, when I looked at this one, I actually, it, I loved Xavier in that top, I uh, was that Midwest region, but I, in the end, just still had Houston making it through. Um, and I actually also had Gonzaga coming out of, of uh, the, the West also. Um, so that was uh, interesting. Um, I did debate as to how far Purdue was going to go, but ultimately, um, I ended up settling on Duke coming out of the uh, East region. I personally thought, you know, that was what was going to end up happening. And then uh, Alabama was going to end up blowing through the South region it's, until they got to Arizona. I think they would have a back and forth game with Arizona. But, uh, but again, Alabama, uh, Houston, 
uh, Gonzaga and Duke are my four. And who wins it? Um, and then I've got uh, Alabama over Duke, probably by about I would say five ten the ish thereabouts. And then um, I think uh, Gonzaga again. I'm right here with you guys. Gonzaga is going to go on some sort of scoring run against Houston because Houston be able to handle it against the rest of their field, but not against Gonzaga the way Gonzaga is playing right now. Um, and with injuries, you know, question marks, you know, for Houston and, and, you know, some other teams, Gonzaga seems like they're, you know, Timmy, they seem like, uh, they seem like they're in a pretty good spot right now. So I have Gonzaga winning that in Alabama over Duke. Uh, and then I have, uh, uh, Alabama knocking off Gonzaga poor, uh, the, the Buffalo bills of, uh, college basketball Gonzaga. Okay, so we got Alabama yeah, there. But l- 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 let's run through each of you here. Uh, just get these final four picks here in. Uh, Dorman, final four national champion. Uh, Arizona, Purdue, mm-hmm. Texas, and Connecticut. And the winner is? Arizona. No, he went home team. <laughs> Titan, how about you? You're the other Arizona guy. Have you not watched Arizona play defense this year, Doran? Their offense is capable of winning at all. The defense is not. I, I believe in Alabama. I think they're in. Um, I think I would trust Coach K and Duke, but I don't trust Shire and Duke, even though they are red hot, like Joby says. So I kind of think this Marquette pick is good. Matt Painter, um, if you want to pick Purdue, I would look at his tournament history. He does not make a lot of Final Fours. Um, I find it if – it's also injuries. Like if Jalen – Clark and Marcus Sass are healthy, then I have UCLA and Houston. Clark is out, so I don't have UCLA. I'm not sure about Kansas. I'll I'll go with Gonzaga, but it gives me – I have a lot of doubt. And if Sasser's is healthy, which I think he will be, then I find it hard to think that Kelvin Sampson will miss out on a chance to host the Final Four. So actually, I know it's like copying what it is, but I like the picks we made. And you think Alabama wins it all then? I really do. Gonzaga, I know they beat them early this year, but I don't trust their defense. And um, But it's hard to pick against Houston. I'll go Alabama over Houston. Okay. Um, Griggs. Um, I, I just want to start off by reminding everyone that our bracketology as, as a group collectively finished 214th. Okay, Greg, uh, Greg, Griggs. Before that, no, I'm four going somewhere we're moving on. Well, no, I'm <laughs> going somewhere with this. We are not entering this into a jackpot because we might as well be pissing our money away, and none of you should either. Go with your own picks. This is not for a jackpot. Okay, so anyway. you're not making any picks then. No, I am. I, I actually have this same final four, and I like a lot of the picks that we made throughout the tournament. The only difference is I would have Houston winning it all over Alabama. Okay. Uh, Stalika. Oh, I thought he was going to say San Jose State was going to win the tournament, even though they're not eligible. Yeah. But as far as uh, who I would take, I'll take uh, Alabama in the south right here. I'm going to be unpopular and say I think Duke is going to actually come out of the east right here, get to the final four. (laughs) In the west, I think Gonzaga is also getting hot at the right time. But in the Midwest region, I think the pressure is going to start building up for Houston. It's going to be too much for them. I think Xavier and Sean Miller finally break through with their first final four together. The champion is? Naturally, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I think it's Mark Fuse's turn and their team to finally get through because there is going to be a sense of urgency for this Gonzaga crew because next year probably going to look totally different. Uh, Joby. 
Uh, I like the three of our final four that we have here. Uh, like Stalika, I think Duke is uh, – I've been on this Duke bandwagon for a while, as I mentioned. I, I will substitute Duke for Marquette. Uh, but besides that, I like it. Though, as a note, even though I was the one who had Gonzaga over Connecticut, watch Connecticut as a real potential here. No one's really uh -huh. said it. Connecticut could easily be here. Connecticut could win like, it all. Like really Titel, Houston, and Sasser will definitively be healthy by the Final Four. If he's not healthy, yeah, you know, I, yeah, there's questions. So he's definitely going to be fine by the Final Four. I, yeah, or or Houston's committing real bad. You know, then he's out, out, and Houston should be saying it. Houston over Bama final. Let me throw mine in before I go to you, Rocco, uh, because no, you mentioned Connecticut. Uh, I like Arizona to come out of the South, actually. I like Purdue in the East. I do like Houston in the Midwest. I like this UConn team to come out of the West. Rocco, for the same reason you mentioned earlier, if you look at the top most efficient offenses in, in this tournament and then say who has the best defense among them, the answer there is going to be the UConn Huskies. And if you look in the past 10 tournaments or so, Bama. that is the mirror, that is the combination to win a national championship. And that's why I have not only UConn coming out of the West, I have UConn winning this entire damn thing. Uh, they I could. Hate to, I hate no, to they, say that, but but I, I think, you know, hey, if you go with me, you got a team that most people aren't going to be picking, and that could put you up the top of your bracket as well. Rocco, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I like that point. I'm glad that you had a similar discovery. I'll also just point out for the audience, uh, in 2021, my sister-in-law watched this podcast for some reason while she filled out her bracket. She ended up winning the whole pool. So we're not that dumb. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'll digress. Um, I'm going to go with Alabama out of out of the South um, just because I don't have the guts to pick anybody else. Um, I, want, I, I have a weird feeling that they might not get there. I just don't know who's going to do it to them. West Virginia um, second round. <laughs> who knows, man? <laughs> They've been driving me nuts all year. They're the they're probably the team to do it. Um, in the East, I'm going to take the winner of uh, Florida Atlantic versus Memphis to win the whole region. Wow! Um, and I, I already picked Florida Atlantic, so I guess I got to stick with the Owls uh, to get to Houston. And then I've got um, in the in the Midwest, I will go with Houston. They're my preseason national champion. Um, you know, I I don't think any team's more intimidating. They they went all the way through last year without Sasser. I know it's a different team this year, uh, but they have pieces there. If he's not available, I think they're just as intimidating, just as tough. Um, and they'll, they'll get used to it. They'll learn from that Memphis loss. Um, and then also in the, uh, I, I already said, I have UConn in the West. So Houston, UConn, Florida Atlantic and Alabama. Um, I have Houston beating Alabama in the national title game. There we go. Houston over Alabama, the national championship. Well, that completes our bracket. A couple other things, though, real quick. Let me start with over here. We had the NIT field announced um, with Rutgers, Clemson, Oregon, and Oklahoma State being the one seeds after North Carolina decided to decline an invite to the NIT and is therefore ineligible for next year's NCAA tournament grades. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah, they, for the next four, they have to retransition up to day one. Greg, do you have an NIT champion pick for us? Uh, let me see. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll go with Rutgers. Yeah, I don't think we. I think we're gonna lose to Hofstra, honestly. Okay, I think you will too. Uh, uh, but I don't know. You got to pick. Somebody. But Griggs, let me stick with you for the other bracket here. The CBI, uh, 
because of the number two seed. Tim Miles yes, going yes. to spring well, break yes. at Daytona <laughs> Beach. Well, yeah, and where I, I mean, I hear lots of people, lots of college students from all over the country are heading to Daytona Beach for spring break because Tim Miles is there. Of course, they're going to win this event. Yeah, and I called. Also- I called San Jose State this morning. They actually are on spring break. They're all heading out there. Yeah, this is uh, also a reminder: do not cancel your Flow Sports cons- subscription yet, right. or Flow Hoops, I should say. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the, those uh, are the other two brackets. We'll, we'll update them when, when when they're over, at least. Uh, but there is one other bracket to take a look at, <laughs> um, and. Let me start by by saying that the, over the past couple of years, we've been big fans of of some of various trophies, the old ochre bucket that we've been trying to bring yeah. back in, yeah. in, in for the Beehive <laughs> Tournament Champion, and our new favorite one for this year, the whatever <laughs> the heck this is that's given to the Charlotte <laughs> Davidson winner. And you look at this, I thought that this year we needed our own championship trophy for the AC8. And so we have the 2023 AC8 Championship <laughs> Trophy. Yes, right there. There it looks oh, like a, a snake for a that trophy. Thing, that thing weighs like 30 pounds. <laughs> well, it's heavier than that. It, 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 <laughs> now, now, this isn't like to put this to scale. This thing is actually 11 feet tall. <laughs> right. It takes now, the whole team you, to lift it up. Now, if you also noted, now we've got here our, our 11-team AC8 bracket. Um, one team gets a, gets a buy all the way into the championship game because that's the way we do our bracket. Um if you noticed, uh, there was a lot of talk about Detroit Mercy getting an invite to the CBI to give Antoine Davis a chance for the national for this to beat Pistol Pete. That did not happen. They did not go to the to the CBI, but we want to give him the shot. So okay. our number one seed is Antoine Davis, <laughs> not not, not, not the, the team, not just the Antoine team. Davis. Just, yeah, <laughs> trust me, I think he can set the record in that championship yeah. game. He um, might actually be able to win it. Our other teams are all divided into regions, and one of our it, favorites. Well, every... I mean, it's called the Tony Larusso rule of bracketing. If you know yeah. your uh, Karate Kid three. <laughs> <laughs> every year we have to have our Centenary versus Stallings Award winners bracket. Uh, so we have our uh, Centenary Award winner, Long Island University, going up against the uh, Louisville Cardinals. Here, our worst team in D one overall, LIU. Our worst uh, power conference team in Louisville. Uh, I, I, I think LIU has a shot for for win here, uh, don't they? I think they do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, that, that, that Radiant will be out of this world. Uh, our our second region is our front range versus beehive region. Two of our favorite mythical conferences, the front range conference and the beehive conference. This year's uh, front range conference winner was Colorado. So uh, uh, they're going to be a dangerous team in this tournament, I think, actually. Uh, they're going up against our Beehive Region champion. That is the Grambling State Tigers. Uh, yes, if you've missed it, Grambling is our Beehive Conference champion this year. As they went to Salt Lake City and beat Southern there during the NBA All-Star Weekend yes. to capture the championship. Uh, Grambling, Beehive Conference champions this year at 1-0. and uh, So congratulations. They get to go play Colorado. A little disappointing that they didn't get the NCAA tournament bid. They do get to go to the ACA. I was personally disappointed they didn't get the uh, top spot, but I can certainly understand Antoine Davis getting top billing. Yeah, and uh, I noticed the back range is uh, not, not, get not represented. Uh, yeah. Our next region is what we call the Is This Bad region. <laughs> uh, this is just teams that did something that we got to figure out what, something that happened that was bad. And it begins with, uh, with first, the Mississippi Valley State cheerleader. <laughs> Uh, if you missed this story, <laughs> she was doing it. The, the, during the last regular season games for Mississippi Valley State, she, one of their cheerleaders was doing a routine on the sideline, way too close to the sideline. And as a, as a player for the opposing team went to inbound the ball, 
she bumped into her. She came down. Well, she got very offended. At the next dead ball, she came up, started screaming at him, started pushing at him, and had to get escorted out of the building by the police. It was a <laughs> hell of a situation. Yeah. Uh, but True she's unfortunately, she unfortunately is going to be a significant underdog in the Is This Bad region to uh, New Mexico State. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I don't no. think it gets worse. <laughs> uh, uh, our last region is the best hoops HD podcast region. <laughs> oh wow! And we begin with, of course, Joe Lenardi from his car. <laughs> this is a real podcast. Folks. Yes, Joe Lenardi was on with us from his car, driving, talking to other people outside his car while he was driving, <laughs> yelling at traffic. <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen this, you gotta go back and. Uh, It's going head-to-head with one of our all-time favorites, Kyle Goes to the Library. (laughs) Craig, do you want to explain that to people? (laughs) Yeah, I'll never forget this because I think it was John Titel's first time ever being on with us, and um, we didn't really know each other yet. We were kind of feeling him out. Like, Kyle had gone to the library in Indianapolis, the NCAA's library, (laughs) to do research, and we thought, what a great show. We'll have Kyle on and, and just, I think Chad and I had kind of agreed, how long can we keep him talking about the library? Like, what, how can we possibly keep this going? So that should be a good matchup. Joe Lenardi versus Kyle yeah. goes to the library. Now, and I'm glad Titel's still here. I was wonder, I was worried he'd run screaming into the night. So was I. Yeah. If you remember, many years ago, the MIAC had two transitional teams at the same time, much like Mary Mac is, is now and Bellarmine is. Uh, and as a bonus to those two teams, they would invite them to the MIAC tournament on the day of the championship. So the day before Selection Sunday, they would those two teams would play each other before the championship game in a real in a, in game that counted for the standings, it was just a regular season game, head-to-head, and they called it the bonus game. And so we've kept that MIAC bonus game tradition alive. It was the most meaningless championship week game ever when those games were played. We kept it alive. We have our own MIAC bonus game. Yes. Yeah. And we have going up here, first of all, the fake DoorDash guy. <laughs> That's good. This guy been good. That's Duquesne's good. Kane's highlight yeah. of the year. <laughs> he walked out onto the court, and the refs thought he was really, thought he was a lost DoorDash guy. Yes, it was a fake afterwards, but it was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's going head to head. He's got a real tough matchup, though, because he's got to go up against the Louisville dog. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this dog was not catching frisbees at halftime, trust me. <laughs> he was a that wasn't right? dropping frisbees. Yeah. He, he was helping create our ACA championship trophy. <laughs> yeah. he, he was clinching the stallings for his home. <laughs> for yeah. his home. All right. Uh, there's our 2023 ACA tournament. Uh, you can submit your brackets. Uh, your, your, your brackets here. The, whoever guesses the most teams correctly will win the championship trophy. How about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, All right. On that note, let me pull this down here. Go to any final thoughts uh, on everything from the season up through now. Uh, run through each of you fairly quickly with this because we are way late on time. But uh, Dorman. Uh, something I look for, uh, if you're looking for seeds, uh, 13, 14, 15, that actually could pull off the upset. I look for teams that are older, senior late and junior seniors on the team, but more importantly, that have been to the tournament before. Uh, 
usually in the last year. The first time you're there and you're playing one of these top teams in the country, I feel like you're like a deer in headlights. But the second and third time in a row you get there, you understand more so what the week is, what the plans are, how everything goes. And you end up getting off to a good start. And we know what happens when underdogs get off to a good start. You might actually have a chance in the end. The teams that I'm looking at this year that fit the mold, Montana State, Vermont, and Colgate. All right. I like all three. Um, Joby. Uh, one element that in the seating uh, that you saw both in the Hoops HD seating, uh, J&G, and, and just across, was that there was a slight uh, overweight of metrics, the Seth Davis factor, you can call it, where the Big 12 had a lot of <laughs> internal wins. And so that made a lot of people, in a lot of cases, over overrate them by a line or so. And you saw this also by Penn State in mind. The different, what the commonality is, while conference record doesn't fully matter, where you finish in the conference, I think, it, while not an official standard, I think is uh, considered by the selection committee uh, saying, oh, you know, Iowa State was only, you know, six, TC was only six, Penn State, uh, you know, was uh, only 500 in, in the bottom half of the Big Ten. I actually think that hurt their seating by a full line. So when you're doing your, if you're doing bracket projections, et cetera, in future years, where you sit in your conference actually does have a subtle and maybe sometimes impactful uh, uh, element. All right. Uh, uh I think it's been a very exciting season with no clear cut number one and uh, some upsets along the way. Uh, sorry, Rutgers. Um, I am thrilled that my Wildcats beat UCLA in the Pac-12 tourney. I am devastated that Penn lost to Princeton, but at least the former will get some revenge against the latter next week or this week. And uh, I'm getting on a plane to Vegas next week. I don't know exactly what kind of Sweet 16 craziness is going to be in the Sin City, but uh, I will report back uh, because everything that happens in Vegas will go on this block. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, you don't have to put everything on there. I'm going to say, if your team has not been mentioned tonight, chances are you're participating in the uh, 2023 coaching carousel. Clearly, teams like Old Miss and uh, McNeese have said, damn the torpedoes. We're going to hire Chris Beard and Will Wade, <laughs> respectively. But on a lighter note, there is a certain coach that we all know and love whose three year show cause is coming to an end. Kevin Stallings is now available. Oh God! <laughs> he has a champion. He has a he has an, a, an award named after him. So congratulations right. to him, um, Brian. Um, so in looking at this tournament, looking at this field, I hate to be the Debbie Downer of the group, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of red line upsets. Ones, twos, threes, and fours. I think they're all going to advance, with one possible exception. I do actually think that Indiana might struggle with Kent State, and I think Kent State may have the best chance of all of that 13, 14, 15, 16 group to advance. I feel like they were somewhat favorably placed in that respect. Um, and again, they, they're a fairly battle-tested team this year. They, they won a lot of games. So they're good. Um, but in terms of that, I do think it's going to be a very chalky bracket. I think this year, at least at the beginning, um, down the road, I'm not sure. But all I know is about this season has been a lot of fun, as always. It is so much fun every year to be able to break this down with everybody here. And y'all's words of encouragement, really, it means everything. 
And a shout out also to the New Mexico State basketball fans, as I feel bad for them and how their season came down to an end too. I hope that they all they land on their feet and uh, everything goes great for them going forward too. That, that, that's a great point. I appreciate that. I would also give a shout out to you, Brian. Anybody that doesn't follow you on TikTok, check out a great video Brian just posted, uh, I think today or last night on TikTok with all the jerseys that you have from teams that are in the tournament. I know you don't quite have all of them, but it's a great little video there. Check it out. Check them out on TikTok. Um, and on Twitter, there's a link to the TikTok. Rocco. Yeah, so a couple quick ones. Um, you know, between San Jose State, San Francisco, Wake Forest, Marshall, Fordham, UNLV, South Alabama, Wichita State, a- Akron, Loyola Marymount, UNC Greensboro, the list goes on and on and on. A lot of quality teams already done because we have a problem with the NIT format. There's not enough spots. And, Great. you know, they could, we have a women's NIT that takes 64 teams and we have a men's NIT that only takes 32. Um, yep. You know, regardless if there's nobody going to the games, uh, I would love watching these guys play one more time on TV. Who doesn't want to see Khalil Shabazz another time or Amari Moore or Cam Shelton? Um, so I, if there's going to be no CIT and the CBI is going to cost money and AC8 is going to continue to be stubborn, we need to expand the NIT. <laughs> um, second yeah. thought is uh, Mountain West is going to be scrutinized no matter what this week, especially if your name rhymes with Roby. Um, but um, I'll, I'll say this, the matchups are actually not bad. I could actually see all four teams winning the San Diego state, Charleston, um, you know, obviously favors the Aztecs at least slightly. Um, I think Utah state, Mizzou, um, that's about as good as a matchup Utah state could have asked for. Um, Mizzou's got a really bad defense, so it's going to be an offensive heavy game. But if Utah state shoots the lights out, they got a good chance. Boise state Northwestern could be very ugly, but you could easily see the Broncos advancing there. And then Nevada, Arizona State is a matchup in the first four of a bunch of former Nevada players. Um, so Steve Alford will be hungry. The Arizona State players will be hungry. Again, any of those four could win and all four of them could lose. Um, but at least there's hope. I just thought it's out here on the NIT. It was briefly had expanded out, I believe, to 40 teams. 48. For a few, 48 it, it, it was 48. Teams. Then they cut it to yep. 40. It, then they cut well, it to 32. Well, They're going the wrong way. I'd yeah, like to I, see I, it. I'd like to see it double, actually. I'd like to see uh, it go to eight. Okay. Uh, uh, Greg, you want to finish the show off? Um, one of the thoughts are, like, it just seems like every year there's this – a team gets left out, and it's, in some people's minds, the biggest miscarriage of justice in history. I saw uh, somebody on a message board today wanting to sue the NCAA um, from Rutgers. I don't know what kind of a case they would make. I, I do understand <laughs> – the, the problems with the process because there is a huge subjective element to it. Uh, our committee did something different than what the NCAA's committee did. Uh, Chad has been factoring in the cross-country scores. I don't think you ever got one seed list that was exactly like another one. Um, is this the right process or not? I, I don't know if it is or it isn't, but what I can say with a lot of certainty is that this will be the process for the next couple of decades. It will be done by committee. It will not be done by a metric. Well, well, I think the solution to make everybody happy would be if they just go to the aggregate bracket matrix uh, results and make that your actual tournament field. Because uh, yeah. I think that at this point, that, that's about the only thing I think would ever make anybody happy, uh, yeah. which is obviously the way it should not be done. I mean, I, right. we all love to do the bracketology, but we're not trying to actually put the teams in. We're trying to guess who the teams are going to going to be in. Um, no, right. but if they want to put me on the committee, just give me a call. You know, I'll, I'll get you one. But yeah. I guess Chad on that, 
<laughs> on that note, I do want to thank everybody for joining us. We will be back next Monday with a Sweet 16 preview. But on behalf of David Dorman, John Titel, Joby Fortson, John Salika, Rocco Miller from Bracketeer.org, Brian Black, David Griggs, and Jim J. Bullock, I'm Chad Sherwood. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>